Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead pastor of Teaching and Vision at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicagoland. I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz, and we're going to have a conversation today. But before we get into the conversation, uh, we're going to talk about whatever we want. <laughs> a little bit of preamble ramble, pre-ramble. Well, I'm looking at your uh, wrist. Number one, you have a funky watch on one it's of the It's a Garmin. Wrists. It's a Garmin. Because I run, not... And then the other wrist, you have uh, like a... Yeah, can you read that? It's Hebrew. Puka shell thing going on What? What? with a heart in the middle. Yeah, that was... For, my son made it. Oh. My eight-year-old. It used to be blue. All of the blue has rubbed off of it. Oh, so now so it's, it's now. just... So now how long just, ago did you make this? Probably like six months ago. When's the last time you took it off? Never. Really? Like shower he made it. and no, everything yeah. else? Yeah, he made it. I put it on my body and there it's been. Is he surprised that it's still there? Um, <laughs> you know, I think he's probably forgotten about it, but you should I, put it around your, your ankle, but it could be in your anklet. You think that could fit around my ankle? I don't know, but I think that, uh, it's pretty cool, but you also have another one that's got Hebrew. Can you read it? No, <laughs> no. It's, it's, uh, it's my family's name. So Kelly Zion Ava oh, wow. is now coming to in you. Hebrew and Hebrew when we were in Israel last year for the trip. Is like Hebrew a special language? It's the Lord's yeah, well, language. It's a biblical like, language, right? Isn't okay, it? Okay, <laughs> cool. No, but you mean it's not in. Well, it was either. It was either. There's people there who were like getting tattoos and stuff, and, it, and you with, were thinking with Hebrew, and I was like, you know, this is probably a better decision for me to get okay. just something that I can take off of my body. I do. I have two other tattoos, though. Have we talked about this before? I, probably, but I'm not. I, that's actually a little bit of news to me. Maybe. I do you have that. a tattoo? No. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, I've got it. The Lord has tattooed my heart. Yeah, He's marked you. He's yeah, marked. you've been marked. Yeah. What what, uh -huh. what other tattoos do you have? Well, I have uh, <laughs> I have a tattoo on my shoulder blade, back shoulder blade. Uh, it's really? a cross with uh, well, that's my shoulder. It's back here. It's a it's a cross with uh, the word icon, Greek word icon, image uh, of yeah, image and of then, Christ, and like a American eagle. Yeah, behind right screeching. Behind right. You can hear Donald, July 4th. Donald Trump's yeah. face on it. <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, man. That is something I want on my body. Uh, and then I have Latin down my oh, wrist. So you got Hebrew on your wrist. Well, it's not a tattoo. It's just But a, you've got Latin on your back yeah. and the one on your, your shoulder blade is Greek. It's Greek. So now you can understand my predicament of like, what am I going to be? The Rosetta Stone of biblical languages, you know? So I, I decided. Well, for everybody out there who's interested in having Tommy get another tattoo, why don't we, yeah. why don't we. Take suggestions? Take some suggestions of what, ta what kind of tattoo Tommy should have and in what language it should be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Um, and then I'll, I'll throw, I'll, I'll, I'll run them by my wife. And we'll see. Uh, we'll why, see what why we can do. by your wife. It could be like a surprise. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. You're. Yeah. You're right. That's better. Yeah. What's the What's the phrase that some people use? Not me for sure. You ever. Get, like one of those teardrop ones on your eye. <laughs> I right think that means something eye. different. I know it does. Um, I'm not sure that I probably <laughs> something we should do. Uh, I would rather. What's the phrase that some people use? Not me for sure, or any husband really. It's better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Is that the? Have you heard that phrase before? Yeah, from a lot of divorce guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you, yeah, get into the theology of that statement. What do you think about that? Better to ask for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jeff, do you play any instruments? Um, I play, uh, you played guitar at camp. You did? Yeah, for a while. Acoustic? Yeah. Wow. 
But, you know, if you be a camp guitarist, you need to know four chords. Right. But I have recently found out that to be a church guitarist, you only need to know four chords as well. <laughs> because, and no, seriously. Most he, pop songs, my, too. So my yeah. son, he he does some, he leads some worship here at Harvest at our, at our downtown campus. And he was showing me the other day how every song that we sing, almost every song that we sing, is the same chords in different orders. In different orders. And so you can do the same, sometimes in the same order. And sometimes in different in keys. Different, mostly yeah. in different keys. Yeah. It, same actually, chord shapes. Yeah. It's actually he like so he did a mashup just off the cuff. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. Yeah. So a lot of D's and G's. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, totally. Yep. And some C's yep. and maybe an A. Um, Are you a guitar player? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know this? No. Do you play uh, electric guitar? I do. Ba- it's hot. Do you play bass? I don't. I can. Do not play, super so well. Acoustic guitar, electric guitar. Yeah. When's the last time you played electric guitar for other people to listen to you? Uh, I So sometimes I'll serve on our worship team at Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And the best part is that then I give announcements. So do you I, shred? I, yeah, I give my own backing track to the... I'm kidding. I don't do this. Do you um, shred? Do you, no, I don't think that you could call it even remotely shredding. Uh, usually what I tell the people is that when they put me on the schedule, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Okay. Right? Um, it's, What's the it's best, a desperate What need. is the best guitar riff that you know of? In <laughs> That I can still play? <laughs> No, you don't need to play it, but what's the best guitar riff that you've ever heard? That I've ever heard? Yeah, in any song. Oh, that's such a hard... You, I, I think I like so, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. I think so I think the oldie. beginning of, yeah. of Welcome to the Jungle is probably the the best guitar there, riff I, there's some, I like. There's some pretty legendary ones. Um, I like, yeah, like Eruption. Um, like, there's a lot of, like, great, legendary, like, easily, Can like, you play, recognizable... Can you play the Star Spangled Banner on guitar? No, but I know I know someone who can. Jimmy shirtless. Hendrix. Oh, sorry. What? Jimmy Hendrix did. I was just like, he did. Down. He but did. You know somebody else who can do it? Yeah. Well, you know him too. His name's Adam Skidmore. Can he play? This? Oh, he sh- he does the thing that you're. He shreds. He shreds. Really? Yeah. I'm looking around the room yeah. because people he are all does. nodding. He's very. Like, he's actually so, very good. Yeah. Well, you know, he is uh, Adam Skidmore. For those of you who don't know. Adam is a well. Currently, he's um, works in our production department. Yeah, and I what I know about him is that he's got a history of like, like classical guitar. Yeah, he's yeah. Like he's a he's actually quite, quite an expert at it. Quite skilled. Yeah. Yep. So you're telling me he can play? He can do that? Yeah, I bet you he could. I mean, he probably hasn't played guitar in a, a long time, but I bet you you could if you asked him he'd. He'd play the Star Spangled Banner for Well, me. I'm thinking that should be a live podcast event. Yeah, have him come into the studio. Yeah, and we'll do I, the Star Spangled Banner on guitar. I love it. So patriotic of us. It's really well, good. Well, he can play anything else he wants, right? He, he could play. Actually, I'm Canadian. So uh, we'll get him to play, play uh, O Canada on yeah. the guitar. Yeah. I don't think he knows it, though. <laughs> yeah. O Canada. Amazing. Our, our home and native land. I don't know. I actually, that's all I know of the Canadian yes, what most national anthem. Know. Yeah, that it's, uh, yeah. It's a good song, though. It good is. Fun. Good fun. Good fun. Good times. Maple syrup. All right. We have a conversation uh, that we're going to have with 
a man named John Locke, who I think you could probably risen from the dead. Yeah, John Locke yeah. with his philosophy and you get that a lot, probably don't you, John on, Locke? Uh, yeah, the lost. Yeah, um, but he really is uh, one of the most interesting people. Uh, I'll say it in the world. There it is. You guys are going to have a, a lot to talk about because we believe everyone has a story, and we're going to get into his right now. I'm sitting here with John Locke, not the one from Lost. Nope. Tommy just said that it was from Lost. The co- uh, John, I was just, I was referring to the philosopher John Locke. I know exactly who you're talking he, about. I know. And then he's like, oh yeah, from Lost, the TV show. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> this is what happens when you hire people who are from Wisconsin. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> with their bubblers and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Where are you from? Uh, from here, from Chicagoland. I actually grew up in Skokie. Yeah, north of the city. That's right. That's right. I lived there for about 12 years, and then my family moved Skokie up. known for, by the way. It's got a bunch of Ooh. ponds. Yeah, so it's. I think it's um, Native American for swamp. Okay. Yeah. It's, well, that's, I, listen, it's, it's accurate. This is true. This is true. What was it like, though? In, I mean, Skokie now is kind of, is it considered part of the North Shore? I don't think so. Okay, because people uh, in the North Shore, I think, who I've talked to, because one of the things I've learned here, only living in Chicago for about two and a half years, mm-hmm. is that people are very particular about what is the North Shore and what is not <laughs> the North Shore. So I was told on good authority that Lake Forest is not the North Shore. That's correct. Right. That's correct. And I was also told that <clears throat> Evanston is not the North Shore. That's correct. However, Winnetka yes. is. Yes. Which is like right north of Evanston. Y- yes. But Skokie is up there too, though. Right. But it's not the North Shore. Nope. Skokie and Evanston, I would say, are pretty much like next to each other. Okay. Yeah. So North Shore starts at Winnetka. Yep. All right. So what was Skokie like when you were growing up? Was it a... It was... uh, It was... I actually really liked it. Loved it. Um, So uh, just to give you a backstory, my family lived in Evanston for a number of years. I'm the baby of the family. So when I came... How many kids? Three. Okay. So sister, brother, and then myself. How much far behind are you? Uh, my sister is nine years older than me, and then mm-hmm. my brother is five years. Oh, you are a surprise. Maybe. Five <laughs> years. Yeah. Nope. That's what it is. They planned it. I've got a daughter who's six years younger than her brother, and let's just say that was that was a surprise. There you go. Very pleasant one, but still <laughs> a surprise. I, was, I think I was doing the math one day a few years ago, and I'm like, oh, their anniversary is in April. I'm born in January. Oh, okay. okay. Makes yep. sense. Yep. Yep. You know. That's great. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you have, so you have a family, two, mm-hmm. two older siblings. You're the baby of the family. Yep. And you lived in Evanston, but then you moved to Skokie. Yes. So I grew up in Skokie and I remember my parents telling me this, they were actually kind of nervous moving to Skokie. So at the time I was born in 89, you know, there weren't a lot of African-Americans within Skokie area mm-hmm. at all, right? It was mostly Jewish people. And so they were a little bit nervous moving into into town. And so uh, when I started to grow up, you know, meet some of the neighbors and hang out with the kids, 
it was fine. Like we, we had a good time. I had a lot of uh, close Jewish friends growing up. Um, and I believe in the early nineties, um, there was a KKK rally that happened. Really? Uh-huh. In Skokie. Um, so in they, the early nineties, early nineties. Yes. Yep. So they, what is wrong <laughs> with Skokie? <laughs> I can't, I don't know. I don't know. That shot. Okay. It was yep. nope. okay. freedom of speech, I guess. So, I guess. so they came in and did their rally. And a lot of the Jewish families actually then moved out of Skokie and moved to Glenview, Northbrook area. Yeah. And so when they vacated, what started to come into the Skokie Niles area were a lot more Asian and Middle Eastern families. Okay. And so if you're in Skokie, you, you, you look around, the demographic is actually pretty. Yeah. Racially, racially like uh, mixed. Exactly. Exactly. And so. But it used to not be. It used to not be. Okay. Right. So as I was growing up in elementary school, if you look at my friends, my friend group, we were the United Nations. We, it was everything. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm grateful for that time because it really taught me how to interact with different people of different cultures. Yeah. Right. And so from, uh, from there we moved to Gurney because my dad, uh, okay, got I don't know where that is. Where's that? <laughs> Border Gurney. of Illinois and Wisconsin, essentially. Oh yeah. Okay. So we were almost Tommy, you know, we were up there. Wow. Dad got a new job. We moved up that way. Um, but we were still going to church, actually, in Evanston. So I, I grew up in a Christian home. So what kind of Christian home? What kind of Christian Do you know what home? I mean? Like people uh, who, do, I don't know, I'm asking kind of denominationally and like what kind of, what was your church like? It was non-denominational, okay. but it was primarily a black church. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we would still drive down to Evanston to go to church, even coming from Gurney. Cause I would imagine there wouldn't have been a ton of black churches up in that area Mm-mm. in those days. So nope. yeah, you would have had gotten closer to the city. Yep. Yep. So, so you go, what was the name of the church? Uh, it was called the worship center. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Did you like it? At the time? Yeah. You know, I, I was young. I, I mean, I, I was going to church because my parents told us we had to go to church. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a faith. I was just kind of, you know. Well, it's part of the culture. Totally. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we have some very close friends that are, uh, that are friends to this day that we met at the worship center, right? Which is really cool. You don't really see that a lot, especially no. when churches kind of fall out. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> we went there even when we moved to Gurney, we were still going to to the worship center. And this is when some of the things in my life started to kind of shape. Um, You and Tommy were talking about music earlier. I don't know if you know, but I'm, I'm a drummer. Are you now? I am. And that's where John, I actually think this is where I've seen you before (laughs) in passing. You and I cross paths on like, yeah, that's right. I've seen you in the drum kit there. That's right. That's right. So I I play drums here at harvest. Uh, I've been playing since about 2012 here. Uh, I've been playing drums since I was about five years old. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as a kid, didn't really practice, right? Not until it was required of me. So I, at some point, started to play for our youth choir at church. And, you know, when we're playing on a Sunday, you got to, you still have to know your stuff. So yeah. I had to practice and be ready for a Sunday service. So, Can I uh, ask you a, a silly question from please. a non-drummer? Please. Well, two things. Number one, I am addicted to watching people drum on Instagram. Okay. There's this one guy who, uh, I think I know exactly. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Anyway, beard. Yeah. Yeah. And he adds all sorts of different things going on with the drums. He's just, he's mesmerizing. Yeah. But 
does it okay that everybody out there who's a musician is going to be like man you're stupid so i accept this that i'm stupid but when you practice drums mm -hmm. are you expected to come up with the beat do you know what i mean like the the when you hit the cymbals and the different drum you know are, like are you expected to do that or is there like a because, you know, if you play piano, it's like, oh, there's the, there's the note. But for right. drums, that's not the case, is it? It kind of depends, right? So let's say we were in a garage band. Okay. And we were coming up with our music. At that point, I'd have to come up with the own my own groove okay. to fit that song. For a lot of the songs that we sing here at Harvest, the, the drum groove, the fills, all of that is already out there. And so what I did was... First coming on board to play at Harvest was learn the songs as best as I could, right? Mm -hmm. So really like word for word, quote unquote, yeah. learning every single note throughout the song of what the drummer's playing. As I got more comfortable playing, yeah. then I can start to throw in a little bit of John Lockism, right? Okay. And have a little bit more flavor to how I played. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. It does. Actually, <laughs> it does answer my question. Uh, I, like I'm absolutely clueless when it comes to this. I know how to do uh, the basic basic drum whatever you know how to count to four there it is that's all you need i tell people you know, as long as you know how to count to four that yeah. that i get but <laughs> here's the thing about drums i do not understand how is it you can get your foot to do something different than what your hand is like it's working on a different beat <laughs> than your hands are working on that is true yeah so when you're sitting there playing drums mm -hmm. are you to the point now where it's like speaking another language where like you don't even think about it yes okay but for a long time, did you have to be like, right, foot, hand, hand, foot, foot, hand? Maybe when I was a kid, oh, but I honestly can't remember. You know, Jeff, like, that's when five-year-olds do. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had, when I'm. Like, were you, Nat, when you first picked it up, though, did it, was it like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. Probably, yeah, probably. Okay, because I think it's a huge deal. I at, can't do it. Before the worship center, we attended a church, also in Evanston, Man, I'm blanking on the name. But we attended this church, and my dad and my brother played. Now, they would both tell you we are not drummers, but we just kind of figured something out for the time being, mm -hmm. right? And as a kid, I'm like, I want to do that, right? Yeah. And so I got into it, um, and I remember getting my first. I remember getting my first drum set. But we went. Funny story. We went to the store, my, my me and my dad, and we walked in, and I was so excited that I pooped my pants oh nice so that's good yeah uh <laughs> i was probably about four or five when john that is happened. that a problem that still, still so, happens today that's, that's a little older than people should be but I, I, that's a memory i will never forget that's how excited i was so <laughs> that's good that's funny um so yeah so that's how you began in drumming it was uh was with uh with a, a full full diaper that's or right. full full pair of pants um do you like doing it? I love it. Okay. Love so it, is this yeah. something you do on the side or is it something you ever thought in your life? Oh, maybe I could do this for the band or something. I'm assuming you have played for a band. Have you? Uh, for a high school band a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, like and a marching band or band band? Both. Okay. Both. Really? So I did. I was part of a garage. Band I love the drummers school. on the marching band, by the way. Totally. I don't too. need anything else. <clears throat> I just want the drummers. Well, if you ever want to do a marching band here, here, let me know. Yeah, we are so up for I, I it. teach drumline actually on the side. Nice. That's not my full time job. I do it on the yes, side. But I will. Um, but uh, yeah, so I did. I did those a, guys on the side of the street with like the the buckets, the buckets underneath. Totally. I love them. Totally, I love them. I 
And most of the time they're just, they just learned it on the fly. Like they didn't have anybody teaching them, no lessons or anything like that. They just kind of picked it up. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, um, but yeah, so I, I, in high school, I I played for a garage band for about a year. And then uh, I also marched uh, competitively at my high school. So we would go to different. Wait, wait, wait. March, like a marching band competitively. That's right. So how did, sorry, another stupid question. How do you compete in marching band? Like, what do they? That's a great question. No, that's what a, do they? What do they rank you on? Oh man, it's it's a a large category, but um, to narrow it down, we have general effect, okay. right? Kind of overall how the band is marching and sounding and all those things. Um, we did then also have um, meaning how they're marching, meaning how, how in sync they are with each other. That's right. Okay. Right. Um, I think you're pretty familiar when marching is mm-hmm. you always start on the left foot, right, left, right, left. Oh, right. there it is, yeah. So the judges are able to see if somebody's not marching right. correctly, right, if they're using the right foot instead of the leading with the left. So they look at that. They look at um, the, kind of the overall sound and tonality. If there are people, horn players, that are not playing the correct notes, they mm. will call that out. They actually have a specific drum judge, and so that drum judge looks at marching, playing techniques, how the rhythms are being interpret, uh, interpreted through their hands and coming out through the drums. Um, then there's a color guard uh, uh, judge as well. Color guard. Yep. Flags. I, okay. Yeah. Oh, really? So yep. people like moving the flags around and that's right. My, my wife was part of a flag team. Nice. When she was 15, Very which nice. is, I, I keep telling her that's a cheerleader. And she said, <laughs> she says, no, it's not. It's a flag team. It I'm is like, way different. Yeah, it is different. basically cheerleading. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I did that in high school and we competed with some of the local schools and we always went down to Illinois state, which is my alma mater. Yeah. But we went there for the, uh, high school championship every year, every year. Yeah. That would have been good fun. It was like, a cause, blast. Cause you know, a band has how many, how many people are in the band? Depends on the school. My, my school was a very large school. Uh, we had probably, probably about 150, See, maybe going with like 150 that. people down for a competition. That sounds fun. Blast. Yeah. Loved it. So I watched some of the marching bands. I, I actually find some of the college ones really great, especially mm-hmm. when they do stuff like SpongeBob or some <laughs> other thing. In uh, I, I grew up on the West Coast, and so the marching band that used to troll everyone was uh, Stanford. Okay, yeah. So they, they would find out something about your school. When they do their, do their you know, halftime thing, they would, it would, basically me mocking your school. It's very, it was very funny. It's very funny. That is awesome. But yeah. And others that have rocket ships taking off and nice. It's I, I've always been quite, quite enamored with the ability to do that. Absolutely. I, I, I don't. Yeah. And the college bands are anywhere from three to 400 people, you know, and that's oh, how they, they are. Can They're huge. Form a lot of those ships the, in the field. The, uh, the one that I saw though, that was my fa- absolute favorite was Grambling. Okay. And I mostly because of the, you know, this, these historically black colleges have it, they add dance to it yeah, and it's yeah. so good. <laughs> it is so good. In fact, I don't really watch. There's a, every year they're on TV. They had a, they had, I think it was Southern played Grambling mm-hmm. every year uh, for, and they, they broadcast it because um, I think they're rivals or something, but I would, I wouldn't care too much about the football game, but I was there for the halftime. Yeah. Right. So this, honestly, this is what I think. Instead of getting whoever they do at the halftime for the Super Bowl, you ha- seriously, 
<laughs> like the best marching bands totally to come and do it be totally. way more fun they did they kind of did that one year do they when when uh bruno mars yes I had a few oh, friends that actually great. were there like that were participating yeah and they couldn't great. say anything right it was like top secret until the until they were there but he brought in <clears throat> tons of marching people yeah right and so they had that huge that guy puts on a show he does he's yeah. he's really good yeah. he's really good at what he's done yeah, what he does he's remarkable um so that was kind of thing that you did when you were growing up. That yeah. that was the music was your totally. was your passion. But again, my dad my dad is a um he, so he's from Jamaica. Okay. Um and I, we briefly talked about this in passing. Yeah. He's from Jamaica, um but he uh has been working with and on cars for decades. That is his thing. He knows everything about cars. Right? So working on cars as a as an uh, like employment or working on a cars as like, I just do this on the side cause it's the thing I love employment. Okay. So, he, you know, when he was younger, he started off as a mechanic, but then he moved into uh, like junkyard yeah. sales. Yeah. And now he's works at a place that where they sell recycled car parts. So okay. let's say you get a fender bender and yeah. you need to replace a mirror or a bumper. Right. You can call him up. He'll get that for you. Oh, yeah. he's a good man to know. Totally. Just that's why everybody should buy a Corolla because there's uh, so many of the <laughs> right like you Corolla stuffs everywhere. Totally. Um, okay, and he was a musician too. Like he played he, the drums too. He dabbled. Like he like he would tell you like no, I cannot play. Okay, you know. So he dabbled until they they found somebody that can actually play at that church we were at. Yeah. Uh, my mom, um, she would. Pro I, I would say I get some of the music from her. I think she's you know sings a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I would. She's an okay singer, right? Um, but she would probably also say that, you know, she was not somebody who, you know, was very musically inclined, but she enjoys music, right? She loves to sing. So, um, but somehow I, I fell into drums, music, and through high school, I, so to answer your other question, in high school, I, my mind, I was going to play for some large band and travel the world. Yeah. You know, that's what I wanted What's to do. What's the dream, man? exactly ruin a hotel room it, right yeah yep. until somebody brought me down to earth and said well uh that's great but what happens if you know maybe that band doesn't make it do you have a backup plan and i was like huh i didn't think about that you know as a 16 17 year old in high school and my backup plan in my mind was well i really like computers and technology maybe i'll do something with that and uh, and fast forward. What got you into computers and technology? Were you my like, mom? Okay, she worked at. Uh, so how old? How old are you? I'm asking that question because I want to know like what years we're talking about. Absolutely. That you know, you, you're obviously younger, much younger than I am. So I'm assuming you were <laughs> born in the 90s. 89. 89. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 34. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. You're you're during a, an age where the technology is really there's some ability to use the computer to do a lot of stuff. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's right. So she, she taught me how to build my first computer. Wow. And, um, she was in it for a bit at Rand McNally. Yeah. Um, so she taught me how to do that and that kind of sparked some interest and Tommy and I were briefly chatting about games. So mm -hmm. I got into playing games with friends and yeah. things like that. Uh, but fast forward to college, I decided to major in a, uh, computer networking. And then I saw there's a lot of math and science classes. So I changed my major to, <laughs> to, uh, um, I'm sorry, I computer science and I changed it to computer networking. Okay. 
And, uh, and so, uh, now, um, I, I interned at where I work currently work and came back full time. I've been there for 12 years Oh wow! and I'm doing, you know, it, you like it. I love it. Where uh, do you work? Blue cross blue shield. Yeah. I'm actually a member. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Well, it's not really my choice. Well, the, the, the church has a deal with <laughs> blue cross blue shield, but that's great. Yeah. So I, Total aside question. Mm-hmm. If you work at Blue Cross Blue Shield, I imagine your medical coverage is pretty great, right? I'm going to be honest with you. It's okay. Oh, it's, see? It's, you know, you would think you'd get like a huge discount. Yeah, no, you'd no, think you'd get like the best medical coverage there was. Yeah, it's it's okay. I, my wife, who's a teacher, up until a few oh, years yeah. ago, she got free health insurance through her district. Yeah. Government. And I'm like, yeah. I work for Blue Cross I and I still have to pay. What, what, what's that what's about? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So you're, what's your title? It is a senior engineering services manager. So senior. what that essentially means is uh, I, I'm a manager of software developers. Okay. So is it, is it enjoyable working with software developers? It is. It like is. Do you enjoy the, when you're managing people, of course, it's a, it, I mean, it's kind of the same across all the different jobs in the world it's their people mm-hmm. and trying to motivate people is a challenge it sure is but uh you you find yourself take to it i do i do and and i'll tell you when i was asked to step into this role i was 28 years old and i was i felt like i was still growing in my career as you know as a technologist and i remember thinking really long and hard about stepping into a people leader position right and uh why were you worried why was I worried? Or why, why was it a hesitation? Well, I felt that at the time where I was, I was, I was in our information security uh-huh. division. I felt that that was a, a great avenue for me in my career going forward. And I, I loved everything about what I was doing. And when I was introduced to this position, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that I used to do. So I, even now I don't, I'm not hands-on anymore. Mm. Right. I'm people leader focused. And so that was a little tough for me at the age of 28 to be like no longer doing some of the technical things and having more of a focus on, on leading. Yeah. And so I, I remember like me and my wife were driving somewhere and I'm like, okay, I'm dri-, you know, I was driving and she, I said, take out a sheet of paper make a T and we'll put pros and cons. Yeah. The old and pros and cons. Totally pros and cons of moving into this role or not, you know, and, and, uh, and I ended up going with it and I would do it again. I absolutely love it. It's because number one, it, it's, it's helped me grow as a leader, right? Um, at the time we weren't leading a, a growth group or community group. Um, but years later, actually during the pandemic, we, we did end up becoming, uh, uh, group leaders, but it helped me to grow as a leader, which in turn helped me to be even more of a leader and a better husband yeah. at home. Um, but it, it, it really helped me to even just understand people better because there is no cookie cutter explanation or cookie cutter way to lead people. You can't just say, okay, cool. I have I, I, this worked for this person. I'm going to use that same technique right. for this other they person. They break it. The other person is <laughs> like, this doesn't work with you. A hundred percent. And, and so um, what I've also found out, so I've been in this role for about six years, I found out that um, the technology piece, you know, for, you know, if you're coming in, 
we can teach you the technology piece. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. It's the the interactions with other people. Oh, yeah, man. All of those little people will call them soft skills. I don't think they're soft skills. I think they're hard skills, right? That's the part that is a lot more difficult to teach, but we can try to coach you through those things. And so, right. you know, it's been a challenge, but it's been a lot of fun working with different people. I, you know, I bring in a lot of young people. I do part of my role is I do, uh, I lead our intern and new grad program. So I do some recruiting. Well, that's kind of enjoyable, right? It you is. Keep your fingers in the, on the pulse of younger folks and seeing what they're doing. Absolutely. Although most people I know who manage younger people like Gen Z and others, mm-hmm. uh, how do I say this nicely? <laughs> They don't find them to be the most productive folks. Wesley, I'm sorry for saying this to you, to all of you guys. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's actually true. It's just in my experience, they're not the most productive. Some of that's some yes. group of people. There's lots of lots of expectations that they have about what it is that totally. you know they're ready to be doing. Hey, I graduated from college. Where? Why am I not the president yet? I would agree with you on that. Yeah, we were dealing with. In 2021, we were dealing with new hires or candidates wanting to get paid 100K coming out of college. And we're like, it doesn't work that way. No, you start <laughs> with way less than that. Right. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, one of the things I was actually having a conversation with my wife uh, just the other day. And I was, we were recounting how bad the places were that we lived in when I was first married. Mm. And I was making, why was it, I mean, I, we first got married. I graduated from college and then I became a youth pastor because it was the only, my father, I didn't have a job. My father-in-law was like, you want to be a youth pastor? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I went and been a youth pastor and I made, I don't know, $20,000 a year. This is the late nineties, which of course, and I thought I was rich. Yeah. It was the greatest thing ever. Now, of course, everything was cheaper, especially in the town we lived in because it was a little farming community and stuff like that. But we didn't have anything, man. We lived above a morgue. <laughs> we didn't have anything. It was, it, I mean, we've lived in some dumps. When I moved to seminary, oh, the place we lived in, cockroaches everywhere. It was built in the 1940s wow. and it was disgusting. Wow. Like gunshots just outside <laughs> our window. It was hysterical. And we had nothing. My wife works as a teacher and she basically funded our entire lives wow. as a teacher. And I, you know, and then we moved to New Zealand after I graduated, and I think what I was trying to figure out, I think they made, I made the equivalent of about fifteen, sixteen thousand U.S. dollars a year. Wow. Living in <laughs> Auckland, New Zealand, I have no idea how it is that we managed it. I still, <laughs> to this day, I have no idea how we managed it. Um, but that's where you start, totally. right? Totally. I mean, everybody's got the story about you know. Yeah. My father-in-law used to talk about how when he they they lived in a trailer for the first two years of their marriage. Wow! And he used to say you get mad, you go out and walk around the trailer. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. Right. So yeah, it's it it is that's that's normal. That's the normal way. So, mm-hmm. but a lot of folks, I think they're like, well, I went to, but no, but I went to the college, and I've been told that once you go to college, you get to come out and have your white collar job, and it's like, well. I feel bad for them. To be honest with you, a lot of those folks because I feel like they're let down. Yeah. And, and it, they struggle to get their minds around the idea that no, actually it's going to take like another 10, 15 years for you to, to get where you want to get. Yeah. Yep. But you get to do that all the time. Do you recruit? I do. So I you do. go to universities and stuff to I talk do. to folks? I sure do. Are you at the job fairs? Yeah. I, I, I used to go to those a lot until I realized I don't really like going to them because they're kind of like speed dating. Yeah, they are. And then you get these kids that have, you know, sweaty palms and you're just like, oh, you know, but, uh, what I started to do 
a few years ago is I started to do these uh, information sessions and tech talks. And so what we would do is we'd reach out to, you know, either a professor or somebody from mm -hmm. the university recruiting area. And we'd say, hey, we want to come on campus and we want to do this event. Can you get us a room for like two hours? We'll provide food because all college kids yeah, love man, free it. food, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's been working well. We, we get into a room. We advertise, you know, we'll create yeah. a little flyer. We advertise. Most of the time we'll actually come on campus and have a little table set up somewhere. Yeah. And so as they're passing by in between classes, we're like, hey, um, come to our event. You know, did you hear about it? And yeah. a lot of kids are like, yeah, I heard about it. I'll be there. Or I haven't heard about it. And so they'll come out and, um, of course, grab the free food. Yeah. And then they'll stay and get to learn a little bit more about us where they can actually sit there and not have to feel rushed. Yeah. Ask the questions that they have. Right hear about the technologies we're leveraging, especially when you hear Blue Cross, most people are like, oh yeah, that's my parents' insurance. Yeah, 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 yeah right? that's right. But they don't know about the technology that is built in the back end for them to actually have Right, and that's the part that they're, sure. you know, that a lot of those folks will geek out on. They'll be like, oh my exactly. gosh, I get to do that? Exactly. Okay, wait a minute, yeah. So, so we get to do that and it's been awesome just, you know, watching these, watching the light bulbs click, like, oh my goodness, that is, that's really cool. And so then, you know, I think you're familiar with LinkedIn, yeah. you know, we'll say, hey, connect us on LinkedIn. I'm yeah. still going through messages from September, wow. of the amount of people who've reached out to so me. So how often are you gone from your home to, to do? During the fall, it could be probably like, usually if I'm traveling, it's in Texas. I'm usually gone for about a week. Why, why Texas? So we have, so... All right, I got I to gotta explain this just so it's clear. So Blue Cross Blue Shield is an organization throughout the entire United States. Mm -hmm. The company that I work for is called Healthcare Service Corporation. Okay. And which essentially means we are a um, mutual legal reserve company of the Blue Cross Blue Shield brand. Okay. So we operate uh, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield in Illinois, mm -hmm. Montana, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. Um, Texas and, and uh North of Dallas is called Richardson and Chicago are our two My wife main used to be a teacher in Richardson. Oh, right yeah. on. Yep. Nice. Um, those are our two headquarters. And so we do a lot, lot more of our recruiting efforts in those, in those two areas. Yeah. Uh, and so I have a team also in Richardson. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm probably out there at least once a quarter. Um, but for the fall, when we're doing most of our recruiting, I'll probably go out there once, maybe twice. Okay. Yeah. But most of the rest of the time is up in this region. That's right. This yeah. area. So we'll do some events in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll go to my alma mater down at Illinois State, but mostly around here. Okay. Yeah. So when you, you said earlier that when you were growing up, uh, you went to this church, but you didn't really dig it. Or or you weren't, it was just sort of what you did. At That's what, right. At what point did that change? Like you're, oh, you're, you're, you're like an active member of a, of a church now yeah. in your 30s. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you get from there to here? Great question. Well, um, when I got to high school, I had the realization that I could kind of redefine who I was. And so at that point, back in the early 2000s, you know, the, the thing was to wear very big baggy clothes. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I wanted to fit in, right? And I would listen to all types. Of, I grew up not listening to anything. 
mm-hmm. besides Christian music. That that's just what I grew up. And so when I when I met my now wife at in college and was like, I've never heard of the song Sweet Caroline. <laughs> I've never heard it. And she was like, Are you saying I'm like, yeah, and we played it. I, I marched in school too. Yeah, you and we played it. It was one it. of yeah, our yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. And I told her and she's like, Are you serious? I'm like, I I swear to you, I've never heard this song before. So in high school was when and, and you probably remember things like Napster and Yeah. So I started oh Torrents, these are cool. So I started to download music that was popular at the time. Yeah. And that started to kind of shape who I was, right? I wanted to be I wanted to fit in with the culture. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And and you know, my dad was not a huge fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um I, I was hanging out in the wrong crowd a lot, right? Uh freshman, sophomore year. Uh, junior year, I started to kind of narrow my friends list down to, you know, somebody, people that were a little bit more normal, we'll say. Um, but I, I was still sort of rebellious, right? And I think it was either senior year or f- maybe freshman year. I, I can't quite who remember. Who were you listening to at that time? Like, who, who were kind you? kind of music? Yeah, oh, particularly man. most interested in. Oh, man. Uh Thinking back, let's see. I mean, it was kind of all just over the place. It was mostly, hip, so mostly like, hip hop, but it was yeah, kind of right. all over the place. Anywhere from, you know, 50 Cent to Lil John. You know, yeah. Lil John, you know, I'm, I'm also small and my yeah. name's John, so yeah. Lil John. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of the artists around that era, yep. you know, that were huge. That That's kind of who I listened to. Yep. Um, so I was kind of all over. But the funny thing is, me being a drummer helped me expand my music vocabulary. Yeah. I started to listen to Linkin Park. I started listening to ACDC, right? All of these different genres. Like, again, when, when I met my wife in college and I would play some of the music, she's like, what, you listen to this? I'm like, yeah. Like, what do you, th-? you know? Um, so, so I started to listen to a lot of different things. Um, but I, but the crowd that was around all of it was not, not was quite, not great. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember my dad giving me, we did leave the church in Evanston. It fell apart. Uh, that pastor had some issues that I won't say, but, um, we, we left that church and we kind of shopped around and we ended up landing on a church in Zion, Illinois, and which is where my parents go to right now. When we went, when we moved there or started going there, I didn't feel like it was home for me. Mm. I just felt like this is my parents' church Mm. and I'm just here for the ride. And I started to drive and started to work, but my dad still wanted me to be at church. And so I would make sure that I was working at Menards at the time. Mm. If I'm working on a Sunday, it would be in the <laughs> afternoon so I can make church in the morning. And you probably have, you're familiar with black churches, man. This oh, yeah. Is, we went on for five hours. Yeah. It's great. Five hours. I mean, <laughs> and like, here's when the, I say it's great. It, yeah. Here's the crazy thing. <laughs> I was so used to it. It didn't phase me. Yeah. Until somebody like, when I told somebody about it, you're like, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I mean, what do you mean? Like that's, that's just, it was normal. Yeah. And then, yeah, later I'm like, oh my gosh, five hours. That's, that's, that's wild. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. man. But, um, so, so, uh, yeah, so I was listening to all this. So my dad had like a men's thing and he brought this DVD back and he said, Hey, I want you to watch this. And so I watched this DVD. I can't remember the name of the, the pastor, but he was talking about hip hop and, and the black culture. And he was talking about, um, how, Satan has went from infiltrating music such as rock. And he was talking about things that happened in the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s with rock music, um, into 
the hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. And he says there's a lot of um, there's a lot of satanic activity and witchcraft that happens in the hip hop culture. And I had never heard any of this before. And so it was very fascinating. And I remember watching the whole thing. Right. And, you know, he would play, he would talk about some, ex, you know, he would give some examples of music and, and he, he knew a lot of these artists too. Mm. And they would say in the studios, they would essentially form these, these witchcraft type activities mm. because they wanted to either have more sales yeah. you know, at the time because, you know, streaming wasn't a thing back then. So have more sales. <clears throat> there were songs that R&B songs that they would do these witchcraft activities where it was designed for women to lose their virginity too. So like all this crazy stuff and it just like blew my mind. I'm like, what in the world? And so that kind of helped me take a step back from what I was listening to. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember going uh, to ISU and just like removing a lot of music from my, my iPod (laughs) at the time and, uh, and and starting to reshape what I was listening to. So when I got to school, it started to shift more towards worship music Right. Um, and I and I actually met somebody on campus uh, who who invited me to their house and I started going to Wednesday night Bible studies. Yeah. And so a lot of that really started to shape kind of who I was becoming, you know, and Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, again, all up until this time, I was still kind of just on my parents faith. I, you know, I would show up to church. I would do all the things um, I had uh, before phones. I had an electronic Bible. So anytime we'd have some sort of Bible study or something like that, I was always the first one to get to whatever passage it was. And so I would, you know, oh, let me just read it. You know, I'm there already. Yeah. And, and even though those things were just kind of like walk, going through the motions, a lot of those activities were, were for me, starting to build a foundation of my faith, right? Because, um, I, I, you know, things like every Christmas before we'd open gifts, we, we open up the word and yep. my dad would read through the, you know, the quote unquote Christmas mm-hmm. story passage and all of these little things I didn't realize at the time were starting to lay the foundation for my faith. Isn't that yeah fascinating? It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so when I got to college, you know, my, my intentions originally were to party and, and sleep with a lot of yep. young ladies and all, you know, that was my intention. And the Lord said, no, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. So he introduced me, introduced me to my now wife yep. at the time. Was she involved in the, in the uh, college ministry or part she of She wasn't. Okay. So we met through friends. Um, I got invited by uh, uh, a, a former high school friend of mine, her and her boyfriend, who is now husband at the time, uh, boyfriend at the time, uh, they invited me to a, a college ministry off campus. And so I started going there and then, my wife, her name is Lauren. She would ask me, Oh, where, where are you going? Like Sunday evenings, where are you going? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to this church for college ministry. And so, you know, we got to the point where we were starting to be interested in one another. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, and she'll tell you to this day that she wanted to impress me. So she's like, Oh, can I go? Yeah. Right. And so it's not not her background. She's not from a, she grew up in a Lutheran uh, home. And, but again, it it was more so of sort of mainline. You you just go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she didn't really do much of anything. So, um, so she started to come to, um, to Sunday youth, uh, uh, ministry with me, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, we, of course, we eventually started dating. And, uh, and again, and then I started going to this Wednesday night Bible study. And again, it was starting to change. I never, you know, I never really 
purposely sat down and read the word until I was challenged at that Bible study. And I'll never forget this. One of the guys I was leading said, I know you guys are all busy. You're in college. You got homework and all this stuff. But he said, I challenge you guys. You need to, you need to be reading your word. He says, if you open up the Bible and set your timer for five minutes and do that every day, he said, I, I promise you the Lord will multiply that time. And I said, okay, challenge accepted. Let's see what happens. And so, and I was a night owl at the time. I still kind of am, but I have to wake up at five. So not as much as I used to be, but I would come home 10, 11 o'clock at night and I'd open my Bible, set my alarm to five minutes. I'd start reading. Alarm goes off. Cool. Shut. And I did that day after day. And then it would get to the point where the alarm would go off. I'm like, no, 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 this is good. And I would just keep reading. Mm. Right. And sure enough, that time just started to increase and it just became a part of what my routine, my nighttime routine. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that, that really, sh- and I remember like coming home and, you know, me and my parents going out to, to dinner or something and just being so excited to tell them like, here's what's happening. Like mm-hmm. I'm reading this stuff. I'm going to this Bible study. Like you guys aren't here. This is my own yeah. choice. Right. So I think they were, they were very excited to hear that. And, uh, I imagine there was a lot of answer prayer for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's fantastic. You, you got to know, um, <clears throat> Your wife then, or your girlfriend in college? Yes. And how long did you date before you married? So we dated, let's see, 2008. Five years? Wow. Yeah. That's a good Is long time. Six there? years, I'm sorry. What? We got married in 2013. All in the same spot? You guys were in the same place? Or was it a long distance thing ever? No. We So we did graduate together. Okay. So we graduated in 2011, came back home. And started Is to she work. from Chicagoland too? Yeah, she lives in or was from Schaumburg. Okay, so we went back home and started to work at our jobs. Uh-huh. So she started as a teacher, and then I started off at Blue Cross. Um, I was actually working at our data center in Waukegan at the time. So since I was in Gurnee, fifteen minute drive, it was easy. It was yeah. great. And then um, twenty twelve was when I proposed, and then twenty thirteen is when we got married. All right, so it took you four years to propose, five years to propose. Yeah. Something like that. What's going on, man? Didn't have money. Really? I it swear. was a financial issue. It was a financial issue, and it was a, also a am I ready issue. Yeah. So when I came back from school, I, I actually, I can't remember for the same year. I think it was actually the year before. A friend of mine got diagnosed with leukemia. Ooh. And um, so I heard about it through the grapevine, Facebook, or whatever it was. And I said, man, I haven't seen him since high school. I, I got to go. I got to go visit him. So I remember... I think it was on my way back to school. I He was in downtown Chicago, drove from Gurney, went to Chicago and surprised him in his hospital room. He had no idea. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we sat there for several hours just talking and catching up. And at this point I was growing in my faith. Yeah. And so he was a Christian. And so he was just like ecstatic to hear yeah. all the things that were that, that the Lord was doing in my life. And so he had told me about this uh, accountability group that he was part of. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like that would be something that I would be interested in. Right. So after I graduated, he had reached out to me and said, and he, oh, by the way, God's grace healed. That's fantastic. Healed. Yes. Um, he had reached out to me and said, hey, uh, remember that accountability group? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, you still interested? I'm like, yeah, for sure. So um, I met with him and I met with the leader of the group at the time. And um, we kind of talked through some things and, I was uh, part of the group soon after that. Yeah. So I was also in 2011. And so 
part of the reason why I said I waited was I wasn't ready. Yeah. I was still dealing with sins that I still needed, needed help with. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, and so through that time, through that accountability group, that was another pruning for me that I needed mm. before I was a, you know, mentally even or spiritually able to move in that, ne- yeah. that next step. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, the reason why I said financially was in college, some, I, you know, there was, I can't remember who pastor or somebody had said, start praying for your future wife now, but also start putting money away for that ring. And so I wasn't getting a lot of money at working at Menards down in school, but I remember taking $10 every paycheck wow. and stuffing it in my drawer just saving for whoever it was. And even though I was dating Lauren, I was like, okay, if it's her, cool. I'm just putting this away. And I remember having a wad full of cash just sitting in my drawer in college. And I said, that money is for a ring. for the ring. And so, and then when I started working at Blue Cross, I had a lot more money. So I'm like, cool, I can put that away. And I actually put it in a savings account. So I'm putting this away until I'm ready for the ring. And and, and 2012 was, was, was when I was ready. And I remember having the conversation with my parents and we kind of talked through some things mm-hmm. of things we never talked about before, right? Yeah. So the reason why we left the worship center, we talked through that. We never talked about it mm. and why we left. Like they never mentioned it to me. I heard through the grapevine of yeah. everything that happened, but we never talked about it. So we took we took time to talk through that. And then we talked about, hey, hey guys, I, I'm really thinking about proposing to Lauren. What do you guys think? And we and we talked through that and and, and that was a good conversation. And then from there, I went to her parents and asked them for their blessing and permission to. And they were they warm warmly received that, did they? They did. They cried because uh-huh. they did not expect that. I think now, especially as millennials, yeah, um, they, they that's were, not a thing. No, right. So well, and so it's been you've been married for ten years this year. Okay, you have family, no family. We like, have a we have a son. He's yeah. a pandemic baby. His name is Elijah. All right, he's three years old. All right, Elijah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And what's she do? Your wife? She's a teacher. Cool. Yeah. And where does she teach? She teaches in Schaumburg uh, at um, Helen Keller Middle School or Junior High. I think it's Junior High. All right. Called, yeah. So crazy. What she she teaches a certain subject? She teaches math. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> guy who doesn't love math. Mary's the mathematician. The, the funny thing is like... It's good to know they're good for something. I'm good at math. She's much faster at yeah, it yeah, than yeah. I am. But, but I'm you good understand at it. it. Yeah. So when you guys are sitting around at night talking about Pythagorean oh, theorems and... How far, how far B-squared. out you can, how far out you can, you can, uh, cite pi. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's whenever I think about mathematicians and their relationships, that's all I think. Yeah. They're just sitting around talking about the old, the numbers, man. Of course. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So how'd you get them harvest? When we came back from college, when we graduated, we decided we wanted to have our own church. Again, I did not feel connected to my parents' church. Yeah, yeah. And she was, again, going to the Lutheran church, and she was like, I don't really, this is not my thing. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we got to find our own church. And we started thinking and doing some research. And it's funny enough, her, her mom was like, hey, why don't you guys check out that Harvest Church? It's off of 53. And we were like, huh, okay, yeah, and think about that. Sure. And, again, I was still living in Gurney at the time. She yeah. was in Schaumburg. So I was like, okay, cool, let's check that out. And so we, we came in and instantly fell in love with it. And so we took that first year to, you know, we we, uh, did the membership class and all that stuff. And then, um, again, I'm coming off of marching for a number of years competitively, both in school and out of school. Mm -hmm. I haven't really played drum drum set all of that much over the past, you know, maybe six or seven years. And so 
I felt like one of my gifts was playing drums and that I could potentially play drums uh, at Harvest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, during that year, I, I, um, we lived in a, uh, in a townhouse, so I couldn't have my drums there. So I have, I left them at my parents' house. And so I would go to my parents' house and just kind of practice in their basement, you know, every once in a while. And, uh, and so I remember I, I felt like I was ready. So I auditioned and I was able to, uh, and I made it right. Um, and I'm glad that they did it this way, but they started me at, at some of the smaller campuses mm -hmm. just to kind of get me back into, sure, you know, the groove of things, pun intended, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was great. You know, I, I, I got to meet a lot of different people, different worship leaders, and, and it actually helped me in my, my journey of mm -hmm. just being a worship drummer because I got to adjust to how different worship leaders. Yeah. What they expect know, and exactly, how they want exactly. to happen. Totally. Um, and then, you know, eventually, uh, you know, I'd play at medals every once in a while. Um, but after, you know, a several years, I was every single campus. I was all over the place, yeah. right? Wherever they needed. And I told them, wherever you guys need help, I'm there. Yeah. Like I'm all, all for it. And it just got to the point um, several years later, I was like, you know, we, Meadows is, is our home church. I do want to start playing at Meadows a little bit more consistently. And, uh, and, and again, one of the things that I'll never forget. And we saw, so I had that conversation with the worship leaders at the time. I said, okay, cool. We'll, we'll try to get you in. And <clears throat> it didn't really happen right away. Mm. And I remember thinking like, what's happening? Like I should be on there on, on stage and playing. And it, it took a little bit, but the Lord revealed to me, Hey, Yo, it's not about you. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. You'll get on there when when it's it's the right timing, but your heart is not right in this. And um and it took a little humbling for me to mm -hmm. to to realize that that you know, that's what I was yeah. trying to aim for and and uh as soon as that happened, as soon as I kind of realized that was going on, um you know, the me getting on the you know, the Meadows campus um, started to happen a little bit more yeah. frequently. How often do you play now? About once a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. You like it? Love it. All right. Yeah. You play just on Saturday, Sundays? Sundays mostly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. so listen, if you're at the Meadows campus and you see the dreadlocked guy up in the uh, <laughs> up in the cage there, you go and say hi to him. Yes. John please. Locke. <laughs> John, I, I want to ask you, I have a lightning round okay. at the end of my thing. I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions. Okay. Um. If I go to Skokie, what's the thing I should do? Go to Dengio's. Dengio's? Yeah. They have amazing food. Every, everybody in the room is nodding right now. <laughs> Dengio's. Yeah, 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 yeah. What kind of food? Uh, Greek food, I believe. It's been a while, but their cheese fries are just... Okay. Oh, they're amazing. Cheese amazing. fries. Yeah. Greatest drummer of all time. Oh, man. I'm going to... For right now, mm -hmm. I'm going to go with... Um, why am I blanking on his name? He literally, oh man. So he just passed away last week. Okay. Um, That's horrible. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know why you got me on the spot. It's okay. I'm blanking on his the name. The guy who passed away last week. Yes. The drummer. It'll come to me probably at 10 o'clock at night, but yes. It's okay. Um, if you had a day to do just anything, just fun, what, 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 what are you doing? It would be a mix of video editing and doing something outside with my son and wife, hiking or running around, doing something like that. 
hiking. Yeah. All right. Not really hiking around here. Like it would for sure be in the uh, somewhere out west in the mountains. There's mountains west. Where? Uh, like Arizona. I mean, like Arizona. Oh, okay. We're yeah. talking about like yeah. No, okay. no I agree. Not with in you. Illinois. I agree. With you. <laughs> I no like, way. Wait, wait <laughs> there are. <laughs> there are. Yeah. Some people. I tell people all the time that we think that the 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 big trash, the old trash thing, hill by the O'Hare is Mount Illinois <laughs> us. So. Um. It's been great talking to you, man. Likewise. I really appreciate meeting you and getting to know you a little bit. Thanks Absolutely. for serving here. No problem. It's fantastic. Ooh, one last question. Yeah. Okay, so I love your hair, Thank by you. the way. When's the last, like, if you if you get dreads, mm-hmm. how long, do, do you do you wash them? I do. I do. How? Um, I mean. I thought you weren't allowed to do that. I thought <laughs> so that if you got dreads, it would ruin it if you washed it. It's a misnomer. It, you, so, Okay. Black people's hair is different. Yeah. So for those who are not aware, the more that we wash our hair, the drier it gets. Yeah. And then it breaks apart. So we don't want to wash our hair a lot. Okay. Right. So I probably wash my hair maybe about once a month. Okay. But because we need the natural oils. Yep. Um, to help our just the health of our hair and for, for sure. it to grow. Um, I will wash it next week, and I'm actually going to have a hairstyle, a, a, like a yeah, hairstyle uh, done. And I'm actually playing drums Are you? next Sunday. So Sunday. I'm going to see you and you're going to look different than this. That's right. 100%. Yeah. Can I ask you what we're doing? What are we doing? For the hair? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, we'll wait and see. We'll wait yeah. and see. <laughs> we'll wait and see. All right. High and tight. What? No, high and tight, no? High and tight. Yeah. Oh, it'll be tight. Yes, it'll be tight. <laughs> the first, every time I get my hair done, well, depending on the, the, the style, she does it very tight. And so... At night, when I'm trying to lay there, I'm like, I can't. Yes, yeah. I can't because it's just so tight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So. That's good here, though. Thank you. Seriously. Anyway, it's great talking, man. Thanks so much for being part of Harvest, and it's been really good to get to know you. I hope to see your wife sometime Absolutely. and uh, meet her, and that'll be good. And next time, uh, seriously, next time you're drumming, I'll come back into that kit and I'll I'll say I'll say hi. Sounds good. Yeah, or not. No, I will probably. <laughs> I'll, I'll come over and knock on the knock on the wall and say, it's too loud. No. Anyway, God bless you. It's great to talk to you. And the rest of you, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.